I was listening to a talk show the other day. It made me think. You know, there was a discussion, a panel of um, speakers with some religious background. So I wouldn't say which religion they belong to. If they are Christians or semi-Christians or half-Christians, I don't know. But anyway, um, in the course of the discussion, the one panelist said that most Christians don't believe in the Bible that they read. It really caught my attention. I, I it stuck something in me. You know, I, I wanted to know why he said what he said. And perhaps, in as much as he didn't, he didn't really um, explain much except to say that um, they, they are not willing to share um, what they have, which is one of the reasons I believe. I, I, I had to find my own explanation around that statement. And I was asking myself, how true this is? Okay, why would somebody say it? what he said. Number one is because most Christians are not praying. Yet the life of Jesus Christ was a prayerful life. It was a sacrificial life. He would so pray himself that in the course of him praying up the mountain, his, his own disciples will fall asleep and he still pray. He was prayerful. But how many Christians are praying? Ask yourself. How many Christians are conscious of winning souls? How many people would still deliberately and willingly make such a decision that I am going to talk to somebody about Christ to win the lost, to get somebody out of darkness and bring him into this kingdom of light. Not many people are willing to do that. And perhaps that is one of the reasons one of the reasons why this man was saying that many Christians don't believe in the Bible. Then if it comes to giving, the only reason they give is because they are expecting to receive something from God. And that is not, that is not uh, the kind of giving that I would, I would think that a person is being genuine or, or they are doing it out of their own heart or their own willingness. 
They are not giving because they love God. They are giving because they want something from God. There is a difference. So learn to do what you are doing because you love God. That will make a difference in your life. A real difference. It will make a huge impression. It will help you as a person. How many people are willing to share? How many people are willing to share what they have? I'm not talking about giving to God now. I'm talking about an opportunity to help somebody who is in need. Or just to say that I'm going to share what I have. And even kids, they know that sharing means caring. If you don't want to give them something, they will remind you. But sharing means caring. So if you don't give me, it means you don't care about me. But when you learn to share, it says that you genuinely love. You have compassion. You are, you are concerned about somebody's well-being and their situation. Be genuinely concerned. Learn to share somebody else's pain and their suffering. Learn to hear somebody's cry without seeing their tears. Have compassion. Know how important it is for you to learn to give willingly so. Willingly so. And then, when it comes to just um, understanding what this uh, statement was saying, when you look, you know, when you, when you think about all those things I was just saying, I just, you know, I just mentioned to you, you then understand why a man would say what he said. They don't, they, don't, they don't want to walk in love. They are not, they are not as um, 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 sincere when it comes to genuinely expressing such love to others. And that is what it is, even today. Are we here because we are looking for things from God? Or we genuinely want to save God? Do you truly love God? Do you believe that God has called you for a reason? Are you fulfilling that purpose or that responsibility? How many leaders would want to go out there in an informal settlement to preach the gospel? It made, me, it made me think, when you come to think, how did this gospel got here? And I was saying to you, I think it was even Wednesday, that there are people who died just for this gospel to reach you. They sacrificed even their lives. I'm not talking only 
about um, um, you know um, the disciples or or those you read about in the Bible. I'm talking about missionaries who came in this country when in most areas in the villages there was no even electricity, there was no phone, there was no telephones, there was no there was there were no cell phones. It was not something that was uh, fashionable to be a missionary. But even today, when we go to our villages, the one church that you see there still standing is the one that was built some hundred years ago by some missionary. There's some good work that they've done. In every village that I can think of, there will be a church, whether it's a Lutheran church or a Catholic or whichever church that you, you, you may think, but you will find that there's a structure, a church that was built by somebody. I don't think that they built it for themselves. They built it for you. And those who were to come after them, some of them were killed. In the course of them preaching the gospel, in some of those remote areas where there was so much, you know, people were so much against the, the gospel, they died. They were killed. So it is not um, something that we must just neglect. Or think that it was meant for some other people when you now hear that um, there's an opportunity for you to reach out to somebody reach out with the Word of God you're not even being told to give anything that you don't have reach out to somebody talk to somebody about Christ share the Word of God with somebody You know, people think that being a leader or being a pastor is just coming here and, and preaching and sweating and, and running up and down the pulpit and, 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 and people are screaming around and, and, and uh, they think that, you know, that is all that there is. There's, there's, there's more work that needs to be done out there. The real work is out there. Here. I mean, what's the use of polishing a, a coin that is already worth its value? How many times will you polish it? It's not going to change. And polish a five, a five rand coin every single day, you will not wake up one day and it is a hundred rand. It will still be a five rand coin. But if you know that if you had a hundred and there's one that is lost and you need to go and find the one that is lost, which is that one soul of a sinner who is out there, you'll be very, you, you know, you, you have, it, it will be something that will really, um, it will move you, it will move you. So, being a Christian is not religious, but coming here on a Sunday and preaching, and people go to their homes and carry on with their 
you know, it's business as usual. Nothing changes. Let alone being a leader, for that matter. You know, I was, I was talking to the youth the other day, and uh, I don't know, I think between Kwezi and Peter, one of them says, you know what? Some of our leaders, we don't even know them. It's like, Ning Ning, you told this person is your leader, but the only time you see him is when he's praying. Is that really what it is? Because I, I, I so much believe that a leader doesn't have to have a title. Doesn't have to be a leader because he stands on a pulpit on a Sunday. It is not what is intended. So it is very important to understand why we're here and just focus on doing just what you're here to do. I think we need to go back to those days when people go back, go out and go and go just preach the gospel out in the streets, in the villages, in everywhere, in every corner, you know, on the highways and byways and everywhere you can possibly think of and really be preaching it. That's why I love those Jehovah Witnesses. They come to your home even when it's not convenient. Never mind what they be preaching to you. But I think they are there's, there's, there's conviction. There's conviction that I need to I need to um, talk to somebody about this good news. And they are excited about doing it. How excited are you, yourself, about this gospel? How convinced are you that it is, it is something that, that uh, everybody needs to hear? Do you have that conviction in your spirit? But this is the only truth and this is the one thing that will bring about the change that everybody is looking forward to, that we so desire to see. So, think about it. Just think about it. What am I doing? For the gospel. You personally. Not talking about what you think somebody else is doing. What am I doing for this gospel? What am I doing with the word of God that I've received? What have I done with my salvation? What 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 can I do with my Christianity? How much has my life changed? If you're so sure that your life has changed, so much changed because you've received the word of God, because you know Christ, why would you prevent somebody from, from turning their lives around? Why would you not see any? You know, sometimes I... I see a point when people are in a funeral for somebody who was a sinner and they are so crying. When they had an opportunity to cry for that person when he was still alive. 
So the reason that you not you not you have not come to that point where you you are moved to a point where you can cry you you cry tears for a soul. Maybe one day you must go to the gates of hell and just lean, listen with just just listen and hear the cries of those in pain and they are they are tormented what they are going through and what they want you to hear what they want you to do on behalf of somebody who is still here. They'll be crying to say, go tell my brother or my sister or my cousin or my mother. They need to, to tend. They need to. There's still an opportunity for them. Because they're still here. They'll be crying. A real cry. That you, when you listen, you can feel their pain. To say, I don't want them to come to hell where I am, my son. Rather, go tell them. There's no place for them. They still have, they still have an opportunity to give their lives to Christ, to change their situation and, and do something better with their life. You're not getting to, to have you, have you, you know, because for some people, they don't even come to think about it. They, they, you know, they, they know, oh, there's, there's heaven, there's hell. Oh, no, maybe hell is just there waiting. There are already people that are in hell as we speak. As we speak, if you were to hear any one of them, Oh, your, 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 your attitude will change for good. Your perception of the gospel will be so different. You, you'll be moved. You, you, you will not just sit by. You will not just want to stand by and be watching others working. You will not want to just you know, be a spectator and not be involved. And it starts with you. The sooner you internalize it and personalize it, the better. So it's not just um, something that is now, you know, it is, um, uh, it has become so, you become so casual about it that you don't want to do anything for anyone. And that is why you will find that, you know, Things are not changing. Things are the way they are. Because one hasn't gotten to a point where they understand the essence and the power of just winning one soul. There's a real blessing there. Believe you me, that is where your blessing is. Because you're fulfilling his purpose. The very responsibility that is called you, is called you for. That is what you're doing, your sound. So it's not just about us being here and just be singing songs that sounds nice and we're dancing and, and uh, we seem to enjoy ourselves just for a moment and we live here and uh, forget about everything else that was said. That's why I always say that at the least, at least if you're singing, be a Christian who sings, not a singing Christian. There's a difference. There's a difference. Be able to understand how important it is for you to do what you're doing. 
and you are very mindful of how you're doing the things, the work that you are doing. In the process, you win a soul. You minister to somebody who is uh, going through such a difficulty and they are able to live here being, a, being, being motivated, being more inspired and, and having a testimony of this, of, of, for themselves because of what they have and how you ministered to them. So let's not, let's not uh, be complacent with the things of God. Let's not be complacent with our lives. You don't want mediocrity in your life. You don't want just to go about your life haphazardly as if you're not sure if you're going or coming or what, what is it that God has uh, called you here for or what you are supposed to, what you're supposed to do. It's not just about us waiting to, to go to heaven. If you're so quick, okay, take the shortcut. If that is where you feel that that is where you become more useful. But the real work that is to be done is here. There you'll be worshipping day in, day out, holy, holy, worshipping and singing and nothing has to be done. It's not so winning there. That's all, you, that's all you'll be doing 24-7. You can't sing one song here. What is it going to be like when you <laughs> one song, five minutes? Five minutes. And you you don't feel like singing. Yet you are you are waiting to go to heaven. And you're so very excited about it. What are you going to be doing there? The real work that is to be done is here where we are. And the time that we have is not, it's, it's very limited. You need to do the work now when it's still there. Bible says the night cometh when no man can work. There is no use for your knowledge even in the grave. Your intellect, your intelligence, there is no use. There is no use for it. Rather do something with it when you're here, when you still can. It's, it's wisdom. You want to, you want to impart what you have to somebody else. You want to touch somebody's life. Impart grace upon them and help them see Christ. So don't, don't take it lightly that you're here and you're doing the things, you're hearing the things that you're hearing. It's for a reason. Use the opportunity that you have now. Not only to change somebody else's life, but your own as well.
The one reason why somebody will not win a soul is because they are not convinced enough that what they have is good enough. They are not convinced that the word of God that they have received it is something that is dependable enough. It is something that works. It is something that has brought about a, a change, an improvement in their lives. So you need to get to a point where you start to use what you have to your advantage and be able to pass it to the next person as well. It will help you. You will not be frustrated. You will not find yourself um, missing out on God for any reason. You will not find yourself, you know, always having to, uh, to struggle, even to wake up in the morning. It will be an excitement. Because that's what your life ought to be as a Christian. You want to be exciting. You want to be excited about what God is doing in your life. And just, just always look forward to something better, something good, something different, something new, something that you may not have experienced before. And that way, you always look forward to um, serving God and getting to do the things that um, God wants you to be doing. You focus, you, you stay your course, you, you, are, you are very you know, um, convinced and, and uh, you know, you've developed such a such passion for Christ and, and you just want to, to, to do the right thing. Whether or not there's somebody watching or anybody to applaud you or to praise you, it doesn't matter. That's why I say the real work is out there. Even prayers, you pray when you're in your own closet, God sees in your closet, he will reward you openly, everybody will see that this woman is praying. Or this man is praying. You won't have to ask for anything. You won't have to try and convince anybody that the word of God is working in your mind. So let us learn to do the right thing. Let us not be Christians who are lazy and selfish and just want to, you know, uh, you know, it must just end by me or I must be the last person to hear it. No. That is not what is intended. We say go and win souls. As young people, you must really be excited about it. But if you don't have youth that are excited about going out there and talking to somebody at about Christ. What are you talking about? About Messi and Ronaldo and uh, all these other things that are not really as important. What do you gain? You stand to gain everything when you are talking to somebody about Christ. There's a lot at stake there's a lot. You, you, stand, you stand to lose so much if you don't. But if you're not convinced, you may not think that it is that important. You want to be 
a young person, a young adult who's growing, who have that knowledge of Christ, who who has that, that wisdom and, and, and that understanding and, and, and you're always able to make such uh, decisions by the program and get to find yourself doing precisely the right things at the right time. Your life, you guaranteed a success. You lead such a successful life, an exemplary life. It will be a life that to others is only just a dream. It's only just a dream. What's the point of keeping dreaming and you chasing your dreams for the rest of your life? And you never come to a point where you can, your testimony has changed from, from pursuing your dream to living your dream. How many people will say that? I'm living my dream. I'm living the life that God has created me for. The very life, the Bible says that we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has preordained before time. So we should walk in them as ends. Are we walking in them? Good works. Unto good works. What are the good works? Winning souls. That's good works. Good works is not measured by how much money you have. It's not measured by a house you live in. It's not measured by the clothes you wear. It's measured by how many people you have impacted with the gospel. How many people, how many lives have you touched? How many people that you have had to turn their lives around? Those are good works. And you can be sure that they will reflect even in your, in your job, in your, in your business, in your family. You can be sure that because of those good works, that is why I was saying to you that a real blessing is in winning a soul than in giving. Because more people, many people are not giving because they love God. They are giving because they are expecting to receive something from God. But if you give your time to talk to somebody about this gospel, to have somebody in need, even if you don't have money, you don't have to give them what you do not have. But it will trans translate into the money, into the financial benefit that you're looking for. It is that simple. That is a return on time. You invested your time in the kingdom, there's such huge returns financially. There is such huge returns in your personal life, in your health. God protects your own. He will see to it that your needs are taken care of. He 
He will empower you. He will, he will increase the grace that is upon your life. He will release such special blessings upon your life. It is that important. It is that important. So make no mistake and just, um, um, you know, take it for granted that you, you are here. As I always say to people that, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I don't like preaching. But I can teach. I don't claim to be a prophet. I don't claim to be an apostle. Because I know the only apostles were those made by Jesus Christ himself. Anyone can call himself an apostle. But what work are they doing that the apostles have done? Because the same goes for many pastors as well. How many of them will, will accept being sent in a village? How many? When you tell them there is some place called Kwam Chabayalinga, they say, Kwam what? Who's going there? Who? When you say there's some place down there, Chizim, uh, or uh, <laughs> yeah, is there even electricity there? I'm not going there. How many pastors will go preach in the village? How many? They want to pastor in the city. Everybody is called in the city. It's like the gospel is now the gospel for the city of lights. We no longer forgot, we now forgotten that the, we are supposed to be the light of the world. Everybody wants to be in the city. Why? Is this, are, they being, are they being genuine? Or is it because there's an opportunity to make money in the city through the gospel? Are they really called? Or they just see an opportunity to have a job? How many? When you say that people are hungry in this informal settlement here will give their own money. They do so on you. Let's collect so we can give to the hungry. Give your own. If you really are true, you cannot be collecting from everybody and not give yourself. And that is what it is. It's money ahead of souls. Even those who are suffering. I will say to you that I don't think God needs your money, truly speaking. God doesn't need your money. What you're giving is you're worshipping to God. It's a personal decision you make. It says how much you've come to revere God. It's an expression 
that you, you have reverence for God. You fear God. You're worshipping Him with your substance. You want to just give something to God, something of value. After all, when it is time to be worshipping, not everybody is worshipping. But there's always an opportunity to can worship God through your giving. Using your time. So winning souls. Saving the lost. That is the one very important uh, mandate that we have as a church. To save the lost. To heal the sick and the broken hearted. To bring people, more people into the kingdom of God. As Christ ambassadors, you call yourself Christ ambassador, an ambassador who represents himself. Where have you seen such an ambassador? Every embassy you find here, if it's an embassy for Kenya or an embassy for Congo, that man sits here and he represents his country. He is as good as staying in his country when he's here. So be a small embassy for, for the kingdom where you are. Your responsibility is to win souls to the kingdom. So be, be a heavenly embassy where you are as an individual so that you can fulfill that mandate and be able to say that I'm winning souls for Christ. Why would we think that there's so much joy in heaven when one sinner repents? Why don't we hear that there's so much joy in heaven when, uh, when uh, 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 somebody receives a miracle? Why? why? Why doesn't the Bible say that? There's so much joy in heaven when you give. So it means that a soul is, is as important to God. It is as important. So much so that God is moved and the whole of heaven is rejoicing for one sinner. Wouldn't you want to be the one who's causing, who's causing heaven to rejoice, to be to be stirred up because you want a soul. There's so much that you stand to, to gain when you are winning souls. Perhaps the reason, the, 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 the problem is that people don't really understand how important it is for them. If if, if, if you do, or it will not be a struggle. There's more than a thousand reasons, if not more. Why would it be something that is so important that the whole of heaven is celebrating? Why? 
it must be important to God. Anything that is important to God must be important to you. It must be a priority. It must take precedence over everything else. You can party as much as you want to. You have, you have seven days in a week. But in your party, win souls. It is that important that you cannot afford to leave it behind. If you're not convinced yet, let me give you some reasons why you must win a soul. Number one, he has created you to carry out the good work of soul winning. That is, that is why God has brought you here. That good work, the good work that is preordained before time. So, therefore, you must witness and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, you must understand that the salvation of millions of people is dependent on you. Would you want to see thousands of people perishing in hell? when you have such an opportunity to do something yourself. You'll be accountable for some of those souls. God will hold you responsible. You don't want to have blood in your hands. For something that you could have, you could have avoided yourself. You could have done something. So, the sooner you do something, the better. Number three, winning souls helps you discover the reason for your salvation. And by so doing, you'll find your purpose in life. It will be the one thing that drives you, that is helping your faith. It will help you sustain your faith. So, you will have reason enough to be in church. Many people who are in and out of church, they are bored because they are not so winners. They don't see value in doing what they, 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 they're doing or they, what they ought to be doing. And uh, before you know, they are frustrated. So winning helps you to find a meaning in church. It will help you to sustain your Christian life so you don't backslide. You will find a meaning. You will, it will give your life a meaning. Live a meaningful and purposeful life. You will not do so when you're winning souls. You will live a life of purpose. Meaningful. You found meaning in church. Being in Christ. 
reason why many people are frustrated in Christ is because they are looking for things and when they don't find them, they are now angry with everybody. They so become frustrated. When they've had an opportunity just to win souls and they begin to enjoy the life that they have in Christ. Live a meaningful life. Meaningful life. A life that is fulfilled. That is purposeful. That you know that you are, you are living God's purpose for you. Try it. When you win souls, you will not look for things from God. Things will just happen. It will not be a struggle to receive such blessings from God. Soul winning gives, it gives great joy to the one who wins his soul. You can go read in Luke 10 from verse number 17. When the 70 returned with testimonies, they had so much joy. That's what the Bible said. They had so much joy, they were saying that even the demons were subject to us in your name. They were so very excited. So, it will say that when you learn to do so, you will always live in joy. You will always be happy. You always have testimonies and references of somebody. You, you're not only just talking about um, something that you, you know, you've not experienced yourself. You can say, you can count, you can be able to. And if this be one, and the one has spoken to somebody else, before you know there's a, a, a hundred or a thousand imputed to you in righteousness, and you continue doing the work that you're doing. That joy, that excitement. Okay, we say we are leading people to Christ and then they are now born again. A, 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 a new, you know, a, a new species, a new person. And that person now is as good as... Think about the excitement of having a child born in a family. Can you imagine how Malalo is excited? You know, he's smiling all the way. He's smiling, he's got a big, bouncy baby boy. Mufeng is his name. And um, you see, that joy, I, I can't explain it to you. You know, uh, the, the joy of a, of a mother who is just given birth, it is very difficult for any man to understand. Yes, there were pains in giving birth, but the joy that they experience after the child is born far surpasses any pain. You not even think that they went through such uh, a, a process when they were when they now excited when they are now excited. So if you know that it's that important, wouldn't you want to just give birth to as many souls and be excited every day? Multiply yourself because you're you're struggling getting to achieve whatever it is that you may be looking for and in the process you find that you know there is no frustration whereas an opportunity is always there to win a soul and just be excited because you see when you are happy 
When you are happy, anything is possible. A blissful soul, a soul that is so much in peace and there's excitement, let alone now there is so much joy in your spirit. Your heart is bubbling up and you, you're hearing things from God. So by just being joyful and having such an excitement, you are already creating an environment for blessings. You're already creating an enabling environment to hear from God. So that is, that is how important it is. You must win a soul because that is how you, you attain true greatness as an individual. You want to be great in life, be a soul winner. You want to be a leader, you need to be a servant. Save by winning souls. That is how important it is. And by so doing, it says you are growing. You are, you are making progress. There's, there's, there's an increase, there's, there's advancement. So, if, if that is the understanding to say you can be able to attain such greatness, I'd want to do that every day. I'd rather not be standing here preaching to the converted. I'd rather be out there in the streets talking to people about Christ, preaching to those who are out there in the world, to the sinners, souls that are lost, that need Christ. And I only hate when you talk to them about Christ, your son. Soul winning causes you to grow and mature in Christ. It causes you to grow. You, you must desire to grow. You must desire to grow. You, you must create room for growth. One of the many ways to achieve such is when you are winning souls. You must win souls because it is the heart of Jesus. He was passionate about winning souls. He was passionate about souls. He had compassion. That's why he could do what he did for us at the cross. He had us in mind more than anything else. He so loved us when we were still sinners ourselves. He didn't come after you've done anything that qualifies you to be a partaker, to, you know, um, receive your, your salvation. It is by grace, after all. He has done his work. He finished his work. He has ascended to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. You need to understand that you now have a responsibility yourself to carry on with the work, the very work that he has started. Why would he say greater works shall he do? We're talking about performing miracles. Even sorceries and, uh, and uh, um, 
Sangomas can do miracles if you're looking for miracles. Greater works shall you do. What greater works are you doing? What greater works are you thinking of doing? He wasn't talking to just some people. He's talking to, 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 to us, every one of us. This commission was not given just to some pastors or some prophets. Be amazed when you get to heaven that not everybody that you think as great here, they may not even be there. Let alone receiving such a price. Because there's nothing great that they're doing. So, follow Christ and not a man. Be Christ-centered. Be Christ-like. Have a heart for people. Know how important it is for you. It's not good enough just saying that I'm in church on Sunday or I'm praying when it's time to pray. After all this praying, after all this crying, after all this screaming, what next? Rather you have 10 more people that will scream along with you so that you don't scream alone and strain your voice. Get them to be as excited about Christ as you are and use that opportunity to be able to change somebody's life. It is not our choice whether to spread the gospel or not. It is not a choice. It is not our choice whether to spread the gospel or not. But it is our loss if we don't. It be your loss if you don't. God will not lose anything. God will still be God. He will not change. But you stand to lose a lot your zone by not spreading the gospel and doing good and have like-minded people around you. If you get to a point where you can say that you have touched every individual around you and their lives are what they are because of you, you can imagine how much how much progress and change will, will take place because of what, you, what you're doing. You can, you can imagine what, how, how, how your life, how much your life will change. How much your life will change. It is not our choice whether to spread the gospel or not. But it be our loss if we don't.
it be very tragic if we don't. Because that is to say that in as much as you don't think that you are you are being evil by simply not just doing anything, evil will prevail. Lawlessness will prevail. And there will be more people going to hell under your watch. Many people will perish. Many people will die. Have you ever stopped just to pause and think about that? Just to say, if I don't do anything, or if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, there are as many people who will perish. Many people will die. Lives will be destroyed. It will not be good, even for yourself. Understand that soul winning generates divine support and protection, even for you. Protects you from all manner of evil. Delivers you from plans of wicked and unreasonable men. Whatever their adversary is planning, when you are winning souls, you can be sure that your, your matter is, is settled. Be at peace. That is how important it is for you. That is why you must make it your mission and be able to go on that sacrificial mission with the one purpose in mind to win a soul, generate as many souls for heaven, get everybody, every single person that you know guarantee them heaven god will keep and protect you when you set your love on him that is what the bible says let me read you psalm 91 verses 14 to 16 you can read the rest of it from the beginning. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Praise the Lord. Because you have set your love upon him, he says, therefore I will deliver you. When you are winning souls, it says that you love 
God. You care about his people. You've set your love upon him. And therefore, God will deliver you from any man of evil. He will protect you. He will protect your own. He will deliver you. Who knows? But maybe you're still here for that reason. Or because you are a soul winner yourself. Because you've set your love upon him. There may be as many opportunities that were there that you you literally you literally um, um, cheated death. Literally so. But God has delivered you for that purpose. He says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. And he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is just what God wants you to pay careful attention to and be able to do the right thing. Be able to seek God under every circumstances. Said, I'll set you, I'll set him on high because he has known my name. Set him on high. elevates you. He promotes you. He lifts you. Sustains you. That is what God wants to do in your life. Even today. When you set your love upon him. It is, it is important. It is that serious. What what would you not have when he when he's when he's elevated you to that to that to that level? There's no room for fear. You don't have to worry about anything. There might be persecutions and people mocking you or saying whatever they want to say, but you want to set Keep your gaze on him. Focus on God and forget about all else. Not worry about anything else. Then he says, he shall call upon me and I'll answer him. Perhaps for somebody who's not a soul winner, when he calls on him, he doesn't hear him. Says, I'll be with him in trouble. I'll be with him in trouble. Or you become fully persuaded. You're not worried about anything. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. That is what you need to always be, be mindful of. When you come to that point where you're fully persuaded, 
that there is absolutely nothing that can take your attention away from God. He says, I'll deliver him and honor him, and with long life I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'm believing and hoping that uh, you have seen his salvation for you personally. It's one thing to have received his salvation, but you need to long to see the salvation of God in your life, in your personal life today. And be able to do things that will help you to continue to grow and increase. It is my prayer that you, your son, will become conscious of winning souls. And God will lead such great men and women onto your path, purposefully so, and you'll be able to talk to them about Christ. It is my prayer that your heart will always be flooded with light, that you are able to see that which God has intended for you. He will enlighten you. He will reveal himself to you in a much greater measure all the time. God will use you as a point of contact, as a beacon of hope for your community. Become that source of light, that source of life to many. Become the one person who is giving others hope that God has imparted such special grace upon your life that you are able to do far beyond what you, you can imagine yourself. The things that God has pre-planned for you, these are things that you are, you are manifesting in your personal life today. He will cause you to ride above the high places of the earth. And he says the heritage of Jacob belongs to you. Lines are fallen to you in pleasant places, for you indeed have such a goodly heritage. Be able to do things that will say that indeed you are walking as such. Indeed, God has brought you here for a reason. Be fruitful and productive in every good work. Be able to bear fruits, and your fruits shall remain. It is my prayer. That God will increase that grace, the special grace upon you to be able to win souls and talk to somebody about Christ. Be able to have such compassion for the people. Always be led by His Spirit. And when God has given you such an assignment, you are very quick to do that which God has asked, has asked of you to do. Continue being fruitful and be productive in every good work. Continue to multiply and increase in every direction, making such tremendous progress by the power of the Holy Ghost. Continue to advance, continue moving forward, continue to spread in every area in your life. This is a season for you to multiply yourself, to continue to increase financially, to increase spiritually, numerically, and otherwise, and making such progress in your personal life.
He has called you for a reason. He has called you for a reason. Be able to say that I am indeed fulfilling the purpose God has created me for. And I am mindful of the things that I ought to be doing in this day with the word of God that you have received. May you continue making progress in your personal life. I pray that God will bless you in your marriage, in your finances, in your home, and everything that you are doing, the work of your hands, it says, is already sanctified. You do excellent things excellently well because there is an excellent spirit that is at work in your life. You'll be diligent in all things. You'll be diligent in all things. May he continue using you mightily for his work to continue to increase, for the kingdom of God to continue to expand. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Set yourself some targets for a week, for a month, and for a year in that area. Thank you.